Hi, I'm Adam Henson. Welcome to Keeping On Track, a podcast series made by the farming community for the farming community. I've lived on a farm and been involved in farming all my life. As anyone working in farming knows, every day brings potential joy and disaster. You never quite know what's going to happen, and there are many things you can't control. This is one of the reasons for the high suicide rate within the farming sector. A great farming friend of mine died by suicide, and many of you listening will have similar experiences. That's one of the reasons I really wanted to make this podcast series, to shed some light on some of the main issues which cause stress and anxiety for farmers, and to look at practical and effective ways to help. We've interviewed a wide number of farmers, charities and experts to make this series, and wherever you're listening, I hope you'll find it interesting and helpful. Thank you, Adam. I'm Dominic Arkwright with you for the next few weeks to try and guide us through the challenges farmers face and discuss what we can all do about it. This programme's a bit different. We're just going to play some extracts from the interviews we've done and my message is simple. If there's anything here that strikes a chord with you, there'll be something for you in the rest of the series. Here goes. Farmers always help farmers and as much as people find it really difficult and have this perception on how difficult farming can be or how many challenges we face, it's actually a really positive, enthusiastic, um, motivating, moving forward industry to be in. I couldn't think of doing another job outside of agriculture as it's just sort of, to me, it's a way of life. I love the industry so much. I love. Um, I love being out on the farm, I love the weather, whether it's miserable, whether it's sunny, being connected to the countryside in that way is just such a wonderful thing. I mean the pride you have when you see your stock and the, the development over the months and you're taking them very much, you know, you've got nine months gestation period within the cow and then they give birth, you see that wonderful mothering instinct and then the cows get turned out, it's, it's a real sense of pride in the job the sunsets and the sunrises you get to experience. I think that whole just being one with the countryside is what appeals to a lot of people. A reason I love it is because I walk out every single day and I have no idea what's going to happen. And for someone that's a bit of a control freak, I find that quite exciting. I do think that the kind of our superpower lies within us as a community, you know, for all of our faults as, as farmers and, and whatever, then we do have faults. One of the biggest strengths we've got is the fact that we've got each other. Um, you know, being part of the farming community all my life has been one of the best things that's happened. And Lots of pressure. So firstly, you're running your business. So you have to be very savvy with the paperwork, the legislation, tax, all your different rules you have to understand. Then you have to understand how to farm and the different processes and what works and what doesn't. You have to be able to operate machinery, look after animals. Uh, you're obviously often living where you're farming, so you've got your family to look after as well. You have to engage with buyers, retailers, members of the community policymakers, vets, agronomists, you might employ people on the farm, so you need human resources skills. So there's a whole host of skills you need from running a business, operating the farm, looking after your family, engaging with the community, 
understanding policy. You have to really be a, a jack of all trades and it's not easy. You can be the best farmer in the world, but there's so many outside challenges and things that put pressure on you that you can do nothing about. So that might be political change in the way the government is supporting farming or encouraging farming in the direction it wants it to go in. And that changes quite regularly. Of course, you've got the weather and you can't do anything about the weather. And we're getting these extremes, you know, extreme heat, extreme cold, you know, amazing flooding. But you're kind of a resilient bunch of people and we can cope with it to a degree, but sometimes it's really against us and has a huge impact on us physically and financially. We've been as a nation through some dreadful times, weather-related, animal health-related, and my generation has never known fantastic farming years. There's always been one crisis after another. We've got quite a lot of poultry farms near us, and they were losing thousands and thousands of stock, and they couldn't restock for several months. We've only just got the all clear in this area. So where's the income? What do they do with the buildings? What do they do with the staff? It shouldn't be underestimated, the devastation that things like that cost. And if you add on top of that the fact that a lot of the work is, is in, in sociable hours, so early mornings, late nights, weekend working, and then often working isolated on your own. So it's a very isolated life, actually seeing no one. The isolation bit, it's sometimes just coping, just the sheer frustration of not having help, not having any support around you, can be overwhelming. You've got, you know, family succession, which is a huge stressor within each family. And any farming family will tell you that, that the younger generation are coming through, they've got new ideas, they want to diversify, they want to change things, and the older generation fear, fear change, because it involves usually a large degree of investment and borrowing. And in today's climate where interest rates are so high, you can see there's going to be immense tension there. So often people take on the family farm and that is an immense pressure. It might have been in the family for generations. You don't want to be the one that messed it up. And I think that sense of responsibility of what's been passed down to you and not being the one that got it wrong uh, is, is, is there. Agricultural inflation has hit, what, 47% this year? In, in, and, and more than that in area in other areas, like fertiliser has doubled. Um, it's now dropped back down again. But if you got it wrong, like I did this year, you can be doubling the cost of putting fertiliser on our crops when, if I'd known what I know now then, I, I could have saved myself 30 grand, you know, and that's a lot of money to be to be literally throwing out the back of a spreader and, and our finances are okay and... But this next, this next 12 months for us forecast is, is very, very tight, very, very tight. And, and if you're in a, a borrowing situation, suddenly that can get a bit, a bit sketchy. You know, the definition of sustainability, the ability to last, I think the most important thing, you know, let, let's not forget environment and all the other things around it, is making money. Because if you can't make money, you don't have a nice holiday, you can't buy yourself a car, you can't pay your rent necessarily, or you know, put fuel, pay for electricity in your house. So you've got to be able to make money. And these financial worries have, we've identified have ranged from people not being able to pay their rent right through to major financial concerns of, of businesses that have collapsed. 
Um, this leads to fears around losing a secure base, your home. Well, if you think about farming, losing your home and your business, they're so interconnected, they're not separate. We live in a changing world and, you know, for somebody of, of my generation and older, the difference between when they started farming, they started their career and now is incredible. And I think sometimes we forget that, you know, just, just how the landscape has changed. And we expect people to change with it. And people don't always change. And so they're finding themselves having to do new things and learn new policies and fill in new forms and comply in ways they've never had to comply before. Farmers are tremendously busy. You can't stop doing something no matter how you feel. I mean, of course, in some circumstances you should, but you just have to get on with the job. The animals don't stop needing care. The crops don't stop needing care. So actually you can feel very down, very angry. You can feel that maybe you're declining, but because you're so busy, I think it can be quite easy to not notice for a long time, put it on the back burner, pretend you're okay and just get on with the day-to-day. -day. I know that I'm in the right place where farmers are when I see somebody with a limp or a, or a, you know, a funny gait because they're well overdue a hip replacement. There is never the right time to have a routine operation because there's lambing or there's drilling or there's first cut or... Farmers don't go on holiday very often either because there's always something to do and most of them are self-employed. So there isn't an HR department to say you've got 28 days and time off in lieu owing. It's 24-7, it's not a job, it's a lifestyle. I think there is a huge, huge issue in the broader sort of media and, and society of the perception of agriculture. Um, and I think actually if I could change one thing, it would be to change public opinion and perspective on what farming and farm, farmers are and uh, what farming is. I mean, it could be a TV show. Honestly, it, it can be as simple as a TV show that paints farmers in a bad light. And it, it is, it's, to them, it's like being physically punched. And there really is that sense of stoicism, it'll be right stiff upper lip approach and just mog on and accept the situation which people that work nine to five may not do. Um, it really, it doesn't surprise me at all that people don't ask for help. The farming population has, you know, a higher incidence of likely depression and anxiety. In farming now, it's pretty much one a week is taking their own life. And for me, that's appalling and horrible. And I think that farming is one of the best jobs in the world. But with that as a statistic, you know, it doesn't sound like it, does it? If I'm honest, I had a breakdown. Um, I just couldn't cope with it. Um, felt very, very difficult to um, work, to do anything really. Um, but I had some thoughts that I'd rather not have had. Yeah, so seven years ago in May, a friend of mine took his life and it, it was so unexpected. He always seemed to be happy to me. He was a couple of years older than me. I always looked like he didn't have a care in the world. So to me, it looked like he was living the dream, but um, he obviously wasn't. 
and you know it was a huge shock to everyone around him and it was only after it happened that we that we realized that no one had particularly seen much of him for a few months because we just presumed he was with whoever realistically my friend david had shown these signs but no one had noticed because we didn't know what to look for it's because you don't want to be seen weak uh, you don't want to be seen as the odd one out who's always suffering who's got stuff on at home but especially for this past sort of five years when I've been heavily involved in the industry, I've never spoke to anyone. I've kept it all to myself. And that's why I said at the start of this year, I says, I want to make a change. You need to talk. But I bottled it up. I didn't talk about it. And it, affect, it affected me quite, quite massively. Yes, I mean, you want to be getting on with your life and you want to be farming and you're, you know, you're out there in the land, you know, amongst the land in all weathers, you know, being a strong farmer. And often you don't want to show that underneath there's, you know, some really sensitive, difficult things happening with you mentally. And to, to be able to share those is often felt as a failing. And, and it's absolutely not, it, it, it's a strength. Nobody is immune to this. I mean, the, the idea that, oh, this, this, is some, this, is, this is something that happens to other people. No. I would encourage people to talk, please, please, please talk, because if I knew that there was going to be that support for me, I would have done it so much, so much earlier. And what, if you could just say one thing to anybody in the agricultural industry listening now, what would it be? Thank you. I think a thank you goes a really long way and despite these challenges that we're facing in the industry please don't think that it's everybody that thinks that about you there are people behind closed doors who are actually fighting your corner all the way and I, I personally as I say would like to say thank you for producing delicious food every day that keeps us all going so thank you for all your hard work you know as I say 365 days a year some people are working and I don't think people realise that um, but we do. So I'd just like to say thank you for, for all your hard work and just keeping the nation going. So, a range of views and emotions. There's plenty to love about farming, but there are challenges and there are tragedies. This is what, over the next few weeks, we're going to try and do something about. That's all for now. Please keep listening. I'm Dominic Arkwright. Here's Adam Henson. Thanks for listening to this edition of Keeping on Track. I hope you found some things in it which were helpful for you or someone you know. If you've been affected by anything you've heard in this podcast, you can find more information about organisations which can provide help and support by going to teamdoctor.org forward slash farmers. Our thanks go to the Even Keel Foundation, Hartford University and College, Harper Adams University, the Royal Agricultural University and NFU Mutual for supporting these podcasts. Go to teamdoctor.org forward slash farmers to find out about more podcasts in the series. Next time, we'll look at some of the root causes of stress and anxiety for farmers and ways of reducing their impact. Until then, keep on tracking.